0: believe that any good conversation includes speaking and listening. And so in the grand scheme of things, it is important to do both things. That you can speak more intelligently because you listen, that you can listen more intelligently because you speak. Um, And as I mentioned when I was talking about public speaking, right, when you find like one of the one of the things that I love and this is, what I, this is a strategy I use on social media as well, is I like giving people a new way to think about a thing, right, and not just the way we learn things in textbooks. It's about experiencing something for yourself when you hear it and you're like, wow, that really makes sense. But if we don't take the opportunity then to like step back and listen, so someone can explore the thoughts for themselves and Deepak you just such a great example of that in both part one and part two in like hearing a thing and then exploring it from your own perspective and seeing how that matches or doesn't match this is this is where the gold is
1: hello everyone welcome to another episode of the Depot data channel podcast i'm your host Deepak and with me we have miss Tracy Borson this is the second part of our discussion on the topic personal branding and networking in the first part we covered aspects which include personal and professional branding its interdependence and the art of networking we also shared some of our real life experiences while networking and in this episode we'll deep dive into different strategies and other components of networking it's a pleasure to have you again uh Ms. Tracy and thank you for joining this podcast
0: oh thank you i'm very excited to be back
1: Great, great. So uh, I'm I'm just starting from where we have left, actually. So how would certain character types overcome the discomfort they experience uh, while networking?
0: So so something you should know about me (laughs) is that I believe in personal brands, which means I don't necessarily believe in specific character types. Um, I think over history, we've tried to, simplify different categories of people. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And so like specifically when you look at personality assessments and things like that, a lot of the type of feedback that people can get is disempowering. So I am, let's just use the example of introverted versus extroverted, right? Some people identify as introverted. Some people identify as extroverted people might assume that if you identify as extrovert which is somebody who gets energy from being around people um that it's easier to network or not as uncomfortable to network and that it's more uncomfortable for people who are introverted what (laughs) there's there's a lot more to it (laughs) than that it's like hugely oversimplified and so in terms of specific character like if we're all looking at ourselves as if we're these little characters, I would actually encourage us to break that down and say while we might identify as introverted or why we might identify as, I don't know if anybody's familiar with human design, but apparently I'm a manifesting generator. I have no idea what that means, um, but people tell me it all the time. And so there are things about us that that tells us about us, right? But it can be, right? but it also can be wrong. So I would like to just break this apart from characteristics of who we are as a person and the comfort and discomfort in networking because no matter who you are, your previous experience in networking is a contributing factor. Your childhood is the contributing factor, whether or not you have siblings, whether or not you grew up around other people your age, all of these things are contributing factors, not specific character traits. And so, there's not like one type of person who's more comfortable with networking, and and versus other. So I'm just gonna start with it. <laughs> now, the fact of the matter is, many of us are uncomfortable with networking, and again, for a variety of different reasons, right? One of the things I remember, and people are probably like, "Oh, here, yeah, here, you're a personal branding expert. You do a lot of networking. I host my own networking events now. I was like, you must have always been so comfortable at networking." That's a, just a heck no <laughs> from my perspective there. I remember once when I was working in corporate, I was at like, I worked I work in marketing, right? So a lot of marketing is still behind the scenes. Um, and we were at this big Adobe party and there were like hundreds of people there and we're supposed to bring home 10 business cards. We were traveling internationally at the time. So my boss had actually said, you can't get on the plane without 10 business cards, <laughs> And I didn't know anything about how to network or what to talk to people about. So all I did was drink one too many drinks and then start wandering around the room asking people for their business cards, because if I didn't get 10, my boss wouldn't let me come home. <laughs> That's what I told people. And I collected a bunch of business cards and I didn't know anything about those people. And they probably remember as me as the funny drunk girl who was collecting business cards right it's not meaningful but the the point of that is like that was my response to being uncomfortable with networking networking is like a skill and like any skill it takes practice to get good at it it takes practice to get comfortable and so by nature we are uncomfortable with it because we don't know how we would do it and I think this is the other thing too, is that when it comes to networking, there's very little training that happens in that scenario, right? We just throw people at networking events and are like, connect with people. And you're like, okay, <laughs> like, what do I talk about? Like, do I just talk about work? Do I talk about personal? What's too much personal, right? Like, there's all these questions. And so a lot of people will just sit there and not network. I've also been in networking events where that was the thing where there's like 10 of us at a table at lunch and nobody talked to each other the entire time. <laughs> and I was like, that's just super uncomfortable. Um, but you need to find your way to start a conversation. Right. So one of my favorite things that I love to start to do is just kind of, if I was feeling uncomfortable in a room, and for all of us, there will also be spaces where we feel more comfortable and spaces where we feel less comfortable. Um, I tend to look for the other people who seem like they're feeling alone. (laughs) And so that's my thing I used to pick up on like, oh, we have something in common, because we both aren't already in a group. So maybe that gives me space to create a group. Um, Or I will just like, slide over to a conversation and start listening see if I have anything that I might add. And if I can't, then I just slowly leave and go <laughs> walk over to another one. Now, these are my things that I do. But these are things that I do because I put myself into the situation. Quite honestly, I was thrown into the situation from a work capacity. Um, but I had to build that skill. And so kind of unfortunately, networking isn't one of those things where we can like learn about it in a book, and then go and execute it in real life, because there is no one connecting strategy, networking strategy. It's about figuring out how can I make myself comfortable in the space that's given to me, assuming I have no idea what the space is going to look and or feel like until I get there. And then how can I practice? Like, what would I say? Who are the types of people I want to talk to? There's like, all of us have those groups where you're like, Oh, no, that's the cool kids over there. I'm not in the cool group. So I'm not gonna go hang out over there. Right? Um, it's, a, it's an experiential learning. And so, unfortunately. <laughs> after all of that storytelling the only advice i have if you're feeling uncomfortable with networking and you'd like to be more comfortable with networking is that you have to go networking <laughs> and you have to pay attention what makes you feel comfortable who are the types of people who make you feel comfortable what are the types of conversations that make you feel comfortable and vice versa who are the people who make you feel uncomfortable who are the people who make you feel comfortable who are the com- like what are the conversations that make you feel comfortable and then once you know those things you can go and more proactively seek them out you can even seek out specific networking events that are aligned with how you like to network but until you go out and try it on and say like yeah i'm not that person who's going to be like yeah let's all be friends right that's that's fine that's not what effective networking has to look like it's effective because it feels good to you and it allows you to create connections with people so that you remember them and they remember you and in order for you to do that you have to go and
1: try it right right and i really like that exercise which you which your boss actually made you do regarding this collecting business cards. And I think I need to <laughs> try it out next time. <laughs> Although, we don't
0: have business cards as much nowadays. Correct,
1: but correct.
0: True. It's, it's fun to kind of give yourself, I actually do a, a virtual networking event I host called No Pitch Networking. And because a lot of networking events are based on a pitch, but this one is not based on a pitch. And so something I always try to do with that is come up with like a really ridiculous <laughs> icebreaker question um for example the last one that we did was if you were a pair of socks what would your socks look like (laughs) so it's about describing your personal brand but as if you were a pair of socks and it was so interesting because then there's people who are like oh I hate socks. I would never wear socks. Right. And then there was like three or four of them. And then they kind of like got together in this group of people who would choose not to wear socks. And then there were a few people that would have like music notes on their socks. So people were like, oh, you and I have music in common. Right. These are, and that's why I like to choose those types of questions because you get just like, one, people don't put any pressure to give you the right answer because there's no such thing as the right answer. But two, it gives people something to connect to. And that's what meaningful networking is based off of, right? Finding those things to connect to. You're not gonna connect to the random person who just goes and asks you for a business card. You might think they're funny, but they're you're not connected to them, right? And so it's just about going out and if you're there on your own being like, okay, One of the things that I really love, I'll tell you, this is a thing for me that I have, I never would have thought would have been so successful for me on a networking level, but I love musical theater. I love singing and dancing. I'm the one that would have music notes on my socks. And every time I tell somebody that in a networking event, there's there's always somebody else who loves this, and they saw the Phantom of the Opera on Broadway when they were six, and it was like the most meaningful thing in their life, and you're like, oh, okay, we have musical theater in common. Now we can talk about that, but then we can also talk about work, or we can talk about family, or we can talk about whatever else we want to, but we have something that starts the conversation. So, just like I tell people when they're looking at public speaking, right? I always say that one of the biggest downfalls people have in the public speaking front is they speak about things they don't know. So then they get really stressed out about speaking because they're speaking about something they don't know. But if you're out speaking about something you know, if I'm here speaking about networking and personal branding, I love that topic. I could talk about it all day. This is why we're having part two, right? Like, So I can talk about that. Let's try and put ourselves in situations where we can talk about the things that are fun for us to talk about. Cause then we get energy transfers and all that good stuff that resonates with people.
1: Right, right. So uh regarding the other aspects. So like uh oftentimes people just trip over this point, like whenever they start building their professional network, like they are not able to expand it to a particular length or a depth actually. So what what are the different strategies that people can use to actually expand their professional network in a, for a long term success
0: um again i believe that there's different ways that are comfortable for different types of people so as we talk and you're all listening just try it on if i say something and you're like oh no i would never do that don't do that right this is the number one thing that's important about Personal branding, about networking, about expanding your network, about taking any kind of aligned action in life in general, is it has to feel right for you. So don't just follow a quote unquote expert's advice. Listen, try it on. And then if it works for you, great. And if it doesn't work for you, Try something else. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. Doesn't mean you're broken. Doesn't mean you're bad at growing your network. Doesn't mean you're bad at networking, right? It just means that you haven't found the thing that works for you. And so just I want everybody to give themselves the space to understand that. Because I said, this is an experiential thing. And just like networking is experiential. Growing your network through networking is equally experimental. Right. So we need to try some things. One of the things I'm going to start off with that I think is pretty commonly shared is that just send connection requests. right? lots and lots and lots,
1: which I I do personally. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) And it's not that it's bad, right? It's not bad advice. The more connections requests you send, the more connections you can potentially make. It's not bad what we miss is that there needs to be a specific intention behind the sending of the messages, right? So for the people who just show up, and it, this is was like really popular on Facebook for a while, right? But they're like, just send 25 requests a day. And literally people would send connection requests to people who have nothing in common with them, who have no connections in common. And you're just like, what are you doing here? <laughs> right? Like, I know you're trying to sell me something right? And people will by default, like people who are receiving a connection request will default to know, if they don't know why you're reaching out, and they can't find anything that you might have in common, right? So for me, if someone reaches out to me, and they're also in the marketing industry, or if they have something on their profile, that's like, passionate about connecting, right, then I'm a yes, right? Like, hook me up. You're passionate about connecting. I'm passionate about connecting. We have something in common we can talk about, right? Maybe you'll try to sell me something at some point, but at least we have something we can talk about right now, right? Deepak, when you reached out to me, you're like, hey, I have this podcast. I'd really like to do an episode on this topic. You seem like you know about it. Can we talk about it? And I was like, uh, yes, let's talk about it, right? So when people, one, know why you're reaching out to them, or two, can create some kind of symmetry between you and them and why they should be connected a benefit of sorts that helps them understand why you should be connected it makes it easier right um so when you're looking at a strategy like just sending out connection requests one just look at like who are you sending connection requests to and there's no one right answer to who right like maybe you're sending maybe what you're selling is for sales managers And so you connect with sales managers on LinkedIn. That's a great reason, right? Perfect reason. Maybe you are a coach and you're looking for executives who are tired of being executives and want to run their own business, right? Okay, so you target people who are executives. Maybe you do a little bit of research to see what they're talking about on LinkedIn, right? Um, I would say like, if you're selling pizza, talk to the people who are hungry for pizza, or who have said they like pizza or they like cheese. If you're gluten-free and dairy-free, then maybe pizza isn't the number one thing that you're looking to buy. Um, So it's just that why, right? And it doesn't have to be complex. I'll tell you my why is that if I vibe somebody, like if I see a photo or a post or even like a banner image, (laughs) a tagline, and I'm like, yeah, that feels like my kind of people, I'll send her a connection request. And I'd be like, hey, I stumbled across your profile and I really like your vibe. (laughs) I'd I'd love to connect if you're open to it, right? Um, But I would just say in that scenario, always know your reason. If you don't know your reason why you're sending a connection request, then ask yourself, why are you sending the connection request? Just because someone else told you you should, then I don't believe that's ever a good reason. (laughs) You need to find your reason. And then once you have your reason, it's easy, right? Like I recently, one of my friends started working at this new company and it's like, so cool. It's a software development company and they're doing things with like code that I'm just like, it boggles my mind. And so I was like, ooh, I wanna learn more about this. I started connecting with other people in the organization and like, that's that's my reason, right? Is it the right reason? That's not a thing, right? Like, is it a good reason? think so right if people think i'm faking that's their own perspective right i know my reason i know my why i can feel confident going out and connecting and so that's as long as you know why you're doing it it's not that any specific strategy just like i said at the beginning any specific strategy is good or bad or right or wrong it just has to fit you and you have to know why you're doing it and then not just because someone else told you so I will tell you though, the number one thing in terms of growing your network is sending connection requests. This is the number one way to grow your network, right? It's really great if you wanna do, like if you feel really confident with content creation, you like content creation, content creation gives people a place to go, but it is a very slow build if you're just using content creation, right? Every once in a while, somebody else will discover you because their friend shared what they were reading or something like that. And that's not bad, right? Organic is great, but organic is slow, right? And so I was like sending out connection requests and knowing your why, fastest way to grow your network, right? Especially with people who you want to be in your network instead of just random people. It totally irrelevant and metrics, a lot of people just talk about metrics, right? Like if you just get 10,000 followers, then you're set, right? I know people who have 10,000 followers and can't fill their coaching business because they don't actually have a funnel. They haven't built relationships with any of those people. They just get them and they collect them like baseball cards, right? And you're like, well, this, this. No value in collecting connections like that, right? Like at least with baseball cards, sometimes you might have an opportunity of finding something valuable. But here, unless you mine it, you have to mine it to get that value out. Um, So in terms of growing, it's about, yes, sending the requests, but not just for the numbers about why you want to do it. Um, And then keeping people in the conversation. This is the number one place (laughs) where connections break down right again people just collect connections and then they're like how come i don't have any business you just collected that person and then never had a conversation with them (laughs) right so just like in networking right you got to find your ways to have conversations when you're growing your network You need to find ways to have conversations and you won't be able to have a good conversation with all of the people you connect with. Right. I had one the other day where I I like connected with this guy and then I was like, Oh, Hey, thanks for connecting. Do you do a lot of LinkedIn networking? And he was like, Nope. (laughs) And I was like, okay, well, I really appreciate you accepting my connection request if you don't do that much networking. Anyway. Yeah. So you have to going back to what I was saying about nurturing. Your connections, right? You have to have a conversation. You have to attempt to have a conversation. If the conversation's not there, it's not about forcing a like deep connection <laughs> with everyone in your network. You don't have to have a deep connection with everyone in your network. You just have to open the door, open the door to a conversation. If people, like I said, this gentleman, he like, nope, <laughs> and I'm like, okay thanks for connecting. Maybe you'll be interested in something that I post at some point, right? And maybe he will, and maybe he won't. And that's fine. And we're still connected. I don't have to nurture that connection, right? But giving that opportunity and creating that invitation will open the door to the right people. It will allow you to start having those conversations. And again, once you practice that skill of having conversations you're comfortable having, then you start to You start to build on that and the last thing i want to talk about in terms of like the growing your network thing is about templates so a lot of times when people are sending connection requests um, a lot of other people promote the use of templates pros and cons of templates they're easy and fast i get that um downside they're most often not your own words they're not what you would say And so if you are going to create a template, create one for yourself and use your own words. What would you say? (laughs) If somebody, if you, let's just say you were walking around in real life with like your hand up for a high five, right? And like, you're walking by a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of people look at you crazy, but then someone high fives you back, right? Let's assume that that's someone accepting your connection request. What would you do? What would you say? Like, oh, hey, thanks for doing that. If that's something you would do, put that together as something you would say as a follow up. Um, And again, it doesn't, once you do it a lot, you'll start to see like, what are the things I say? Okay, maybe I can template my first response to most people, right? So like, if somebody reaches out to me, and I don't know them, I have a templated response for that. I say, hey, such and such, thanks for reaching out. Um, I'd love to know if there was anything in particular that triggered your connection request. Because I'm legitimately interested, what made you want to connect with me? Right? Because you haven't told me (laughs) in your connection request. Um, I have a templated response for that. Because that's what I would say. If a stranger walked up to me and like, high-fived me, I'd be like, oh, hey, what made you want to high-five me? (laughs) Right? Um, So these are and and you can template those things, but template them based off of your own words. So that um, one of the things that I just feel like is an epic fail, and I feel like specifically, the web design industry is doing this is that once you connect with someone, every single first message that you get is the same. It's exactly the same message, but with their company name and their pricing in it. And I, every time I see it, I'm just like, you're turning a skilled service into a commodity by competing on price because you're making yourselves look the same, right? Nobody is standing out from anybody. You all look the same. Now you're just competing on price and it's a skilled service, which is like if you're making widgets, it's fine, compete on price. But you're not making widgets. <laughs> you have a skilled service. Don't compete on price. Um so again that's just that's just being lazy and it doesn't lead to connection with people and the whole point of networking and building your network is to connect with people so that other people can then share about like hey do you heard what tracy's talking about on deepak's show right like you have to listen to this right and then yeah that's what i want people to do that Right. But people are not going to do that. If I just sound like a robot all the time and I show up like everybody else, they're going to be like, hey, you should check out any random personal branding expert because they all have the same advice. That would be the worst, especially for personal branding. But like, look at your industry. You're not like anybody else. Right? No matter who you are, or what you're doing, whether you're an entrepreneur, or you're working in a business, and you're trying to get promoted, or you're trying to move into another job, or you're trying to transition your career. There's unique things about you that make you you that give you your vibe that give you your flavor. And if you erase all those things, then nobody can build a relationship with you based on you. There's actually very little access to building a true relationship. It's just about knowing a person. Well, we all know lots of people, but who are the people we think of when we need advice or we need to do a thing or we need somebody just to talk to, right? Who are those people you think of? You think of them because they're memorable to you in some way. They're meaningful to you in some way. So if we don't show up in a meaningful way, then we can't leave that brand.
1: On another person right right so uh, i would like to ask you this question so at any point of time uh, did you ever uh, remove a connection from your network actually like whether it be linkedin or whether it be uh, whatsapp instagram or because i have done that i want to know whether you have done that
0: um I don't think I've actually removed a connection. I definitely have stopped following people. So generally my strategy is that if I'm just like interested in learning more about what you talk about and hearing what you say, then I'll follow you. If I'm interested in being in a conversation with you, then I'll connect with you. And so there's very few people. There's people who have definitely disconnected with me. So so again, I'm not perfect. I'm not liked by everybody. My intention is not to be liked by everybody because I don't think that that's possible for any one human to be liked by all people. But there are people. There was a lady who disconnected from me because I sent her too many event invitations. And I was like, okay, like that's what I do, right? Like I host conversations, I host events, Is what I do. So, right, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm gonna send you event requests this is, you can ignore them. But if you really don't like them, that's fine. You can disconnect with me. Um, There was a lady that I connected to, and she had um, conversation, conversation master or something in her tagline. And so like, I was in this like chat with her. And I asked her if she wanted to have like a a virtual chat. And she was like, Oh, no, I don't do that. (laughs) And I was like, really confused about how you could say you're a conversation master, but you don't want to have a conversation. And then I wrote a blog post about it and then she figured out that it was about her and then she <laughs> disconnected with me, which is fine. Cause we're not on the same page, right? Like I don't need to be connected to her. We're not going in the same direction. Right. And it's not that my direction is right and her direction is wrong. We're just not going in the same direction and that's fine. Um, I'm not sure where I started off going with this point. but Oh, I haven't. I haven't, I don't think I have, I don't any, I don't have a conscious memory of disconnecting with somebody. Um, but definitely unfollowing. There was a marketing expert that I used to follow and he like, he mentors a lot of young marketing people. And I'm like, okay, so like this guy, let's see, let's see what he's talking about. And then he did this post about how like, i'm really good at selling the fact that i'm authentic but i'm totally not authentic and i was like that is against everything i believe in (laughs) right like selling authenticity as if it's a marketing tactic i had someone once who kept telling me that personal branding was a marketing tactic and i'm like no personal branding is about owning who you are and showing up that way it's not just a marketing tactic Does it have marketing benefits? Sure, it does. But it's not a marketing tactic, right? It's more than that. (laughs) And so when this guy said, I'm like, no, I can't. No, I don't want to hear anything else you have to say, unfollow. And I don't, now I can't even remember his name. So I couldn't go back and find him again, even if I wanted to see what he was talking about. Um, And again, this is my, I like to have conversations. And so that's how I break out my follows versus connections. There's no one right way to use the follow versus connect. Um, I don't think you should not disconnect from people if you feel like they are in conversations that are not right for you, especially if like there are um, especially (laughs) it's hard enough to curate your social media experience, right? There's so many hard things that people are talking about on there. It's a lot of work to curate your LinkedIn or any other social media environment to the place where you feel like you can be surrounded by the type of thing you want to hear, right? And so if you're constantly bombarded by somebody's, I don't know, I'll be like, so if I'll just use an example of mine, but if I was I haven't seen any of this in my LinkedIn network because I try really hard really to curate my network. But if somebody was like constantly posting like white supremacist stuff, I would disconnect from them because I'm like I don't I, I would I don't want to be associated with you, right? Like you believe too far from what I believe. We shouldn't be connected. I don't want some like I wouldn't want Deepak to come on and be like, oh, Tracy is friends with John Smith. <gasps> Right? like, no, I don't want you to even know that we ever knew each other. (laughs) I think we should be disconnected. And again, you get to decide. You get to decide with who you want to connect with. You connected with someone by mistake, and you're like, no, you're not my people. Just let them go, and then let it go (laughs) from your own mind.
1: Yeah, so that's where I I would like to actually uh, take a different tangent. So basically, uh, yeah, I disconnected from a couple of folks uh, when, when i feel like they are stalking me in a different way so uh, like maybe like if we are having some issues in the like previous organization or something like that so whenever we post something definitely they will come and check that so let's say if i'm having their contact on my whatsapp number then if i post a status then they will come and check that and it feels like i don't know whether i'm thinking immature there or not but like i felt so awkward they watching my status and then i had to remove them from all the platforms like whatsapp and linkedin so i personally had to remove their connection actually Mm -hmm. and i don't so basically it's like i even don't want they to see my post I don't know it's technically impossible because like if if it's a third person who is actually liking a post then definitely they will see a post That's that's for sure but definitely i don't want it going in a first connection approach that means i post something and they don't want to see that so if it's going with the third person okay fine i'm i'm good i i don't have a problem because i'm not the owner of linkedin so uh so basically that's where i like i don't know whether whether i actually did wrong or right there but like i felt like basically uh they don't want to see that because i it gets it gets a certain level of negativity in my mind when i when i see that okay these people are still haunting because one, one, one experience one very bad experience which i had was like uh, so with my friend so we 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 did a, a project or like we we did a project actually together and like uh we understood that still some people are following us and trying to see what we are doing Hmm. with whatever we are. So that means like they are not ready to let it go. Even if we are ready to let it go and move forward with our path, some people are actually not allowing us to just go from their lives. Basically, they still want to come and haunt. So in these kind of regard, like it's always like I felt it because we don't even have to. So I I heard it uh, in a different context. Like, uh, so what to say? Like... Uh, ignoring someone is the best way is the best punishment we can give to something or like in a, in a relationship context actually not not in this but I think that is the best way here also because that's the that's the way I I I actually did it like with lot of people lot of things which I I just want I just don't want them to come and chase or like just come and approach me but still but still there are people that's the weirdest thing and uh and sometimes what what we ha- what we do is like what I do is like uh I still spend time for that, and after that, I still regret that okay, why did I even waste my one hour for this person because mm-hmm. i i just let it go and from my life and still it's coming and haunting me mm-hmm. so <laughs> there that, so that's where I like, like to call that's that... why i yeah.
0: Yeah, mental calories is how I like to talk about that. Because just like we expel physical calories when we do exercise, we expel mental calories thinking about things. Not actually calories, but conceptually calories. And so each of us gets to decide where do I decide to spend my mental calories and if i don't decide to spend my mental calories on you i don't decide to give you access to my things i have a scenario and this is we're not actually connected on linkedin i don't think we've ever been connected on linkedin but we met on facebook and we were in a joint coaching program and this lady could like constantly she would just call me on facebook messenger because she was stressed out and she needed help to talk out this thing. And I helped her every time. And then we had this conversation about the next coaching program she was going to choose. And was she going to, to renew with this current coach who was completely useless or go do this other coach? And I was like, the fact that you're, I am the person that you come to every single time and you are not considering coming to get coached by me has now insulted me. <laughs> and I'm not gonna help you anymore, right? So this is our personal boundaries (laughs) and our personal boundaries are relevant in networking as well. You get to decide where are you gonna expend your calories with people and if they're not people that you choose and there's no right or wrong, right? You choose, it feels right for you, it feels wrong for you. If it feels wrong for you, don't do it, you'll feel mad or frustrated or angry about it every single time you do, right? I actually had a one of the ladies of my um, community, she was like, this lady who's been like, she kind of talks to me here and there. And she like asked me for a call. And I was like, Yeah, okay, here's my calendar link. And she was like, actually, can you use my calendar link? And she was like, like, my community member was like, I just got like a weird vibe from that. And I don't want to do that, right? Like, I don't want to book something with her. And so I was like, well, don't book. I mean, I make it sound really simple. right? Just You don't want to don't do it, right? And if she comes back to you, or if she pops on your calendar, and you're fine with that, then that's fine. Right? But like, you don't have to. And there's so much. I think there's a lot of negative connotations that come with the concept of ghosting, right? Like, I have this one gentleman on my profile right now who like every 30 days will come on and try and convince me that I should join his physical training program because I should care more about my health, right? And I'm like, for one, you're not listening to me when I'm trying to tell you what's important to me and how I manage it. You're just trying to force upon me what you do. And I haven't disconnected with him, quite honestly, because I use him as content sometimes. And he hasn't disconnected with me, right? And it's like, it's fine, right? Like we have a non-relationship that works for both of us and it's fine. Um, But I don't let it steal my peace of mind, right? I use it as an opportunity to maintain my boundaries and practice my confidence in my boundaries. And so, again, is that right? Right and wrong, right? Like when it comes to this, it's not a thing. Right, right and wrong when it comes to murdering a person is a thing. right, right and wrong to who you decide to talk to on social media, isn't a thing, right? Like, it's just is what feels right for you. And again, this is it might seem kind of funny, but it is also a skill, right? Like, we have to practice saying no to people. So we can practice saying yes to the right people. And sometimes we end up saying no to the right people because we're spending too much time talking to or, or dealing with some mind gremlins from a, a no person and you're just like well that wasn't worth it so let's not do that again <laughs> let's do something different next time and be empowered in the fact that we get to choose and there is no right and wrong was that right yeah. it was right for me <laughs> and that's the only answer i have and that's the only answer you need deepak it was right for you right this is what felt right it felt like they were haunting you if it this is a great word, by the way. I love that you use that word because if anybody who's listening to this feels like anybody is haunting them, don't talk to them anymore, <laughs> right? Don't give them access to your things. Don't that like terrible coach that I was just talking about? That I actually I actually paid a huge cancellation fee to get out of her program. That's how bad I thought she was. She tried to connect with me on Facebook the other day, and I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and I send a screenshot to one of my friends who knows how much I was disappointed by our program. I'm like, Luke is trying to connect with me now. It's, it's funny to me, right? But like, don't, we get to control. Are we going to let this bother us? Or can we just, you can block people too, right? Like you don't have to even just disconnect with them. You can block them, right? Block them. Go, go and block the people who are destroying your peace. I give everybody permission <laughs> to do that right now
1: right right so uh yeah so like we are actually living in the age of this uh, personal branding and like i saw this uh, data uh, in internet so like 264 million people have a social media profile and out of it 138 million people use linkedin and another important stats is 40 million people use online dating sites so In this age, like, how can you stand out from the crowd when you are mingling in the infinite internet space?
0: Uh, This is, like, my favorite question. Because the only way for you to be different than everybody else is to be yourself. (laughs) And it sounds like silly advice, but think about it, right? We are nearing on, I think I read sometime in November, we're going to hit, like, November 2022 because people are going to listen to this episode forever into the future. November of 2022, we are going to hit 8 billion people on the planet Earth. There are 8 billion people, so not that many on, enough, enough people on social media, right? No two people are the same. None of us are the same. And so the problem that happens, I blame marketing for this mostly, because marketing loves to convince us of the value of being the same, right? Let's all use the same deodorant. Let's all have Apple products. Let's all be the same. And then we'll all be happy because we're all the same. Well, we're sold that on a day-to-day basis. So we like to, and even in networking, we're looking for commonalities, right? I'm looking for commonalities with you. Deepak and I both wanted to talk about personal branding. There's lots of things we don't have in common, but that's one thing we do have in common, right? We might have lots of other things in common. We have more to explore on that front, but sometimes all you need is one, right? And when you're trying to stand out, the the only way for you to be different than anybody else is to be you and to own you and to own your own personal experience and to own your story and to own your unique flair and to own how you speak, right? Like there's, we've used the words right and wrong a lot in this conversation, and there just is no such thing when it comes to personal branding, right? There's no one right height to be. There's no one right eye color to have. There's no one right type of glasses to wear. There's no one type of right headphones, right? Like, there's no, this is not a thing that is right or wrong. There's no, like, I have all the Star Wars things in my background, and I love that. And some people, my business partner has never even seen star Wars. And I'm at some, like, i like, at some point you have to watch this because you're not getting any of my references, but like, that's okay. My husband and I <laughs> watch it and, and that's fine. Right. And do my husband and I have everything in common? No, he loves fantasy football and I will never understand that. <laughs> right. And that doesn't mean that we can't love each other and have a productive relationship. Right. But if I pretended to love fantasy football. I wouldn't be the real Tracy. And I wouldn't actually give him the opportunity to like the real Tracy. He'd only ever like the fake version of me. And then I have to keep pretending to be the fake version of me. And I'm not very good at acting, so I can't be the fake version of me all the time. And for all of us, unless you're like George Clooney or Tom Hanks, like really amazing actors and actresses who are get paid lots of money, To pretend to be someone else all the time most of us are not that good at it right so it's about tapping into those things what are those things about ourselves that really make us feel awesome that we own that we are excited to talk about we talked about that in a bunch of different arenas right like when it comes to content creation even when it comes to a fun fact I met my husband on eHarmony right so we are a online dating success story and when I first saw his profile I wasn't going to date him because he had a picture of him playing hockey and I'm Canadian and in my head I was like all hockey players are douchebags (laughs) which it was my experience from being a kid but it's like clearly not true like there's lots of hockey players that are not that but that was my experience right and I would have made a bad decision in that arena if I had made my decision based on that. But he's also tall and good looking in my opinion. So like it beat out the hockey thing. But (laughs) that's also my opinion, right? It's about being able to like own. This is me. This is you, right? Like, we vibe, we don't vibe. When you don't vibe with people don't let that make you believe that there's something wrong with you, that you are broken, that you need to be some other way, that just means you don't vibe with that person. There's no chance that eight billion of us are all going to vibe together, right? We have two vastly different experiences and that's okay. And when we just own that and be us, and one of the important pieces on that is to realize when are you not being authentic, right? This is one of the most important things to consider in the conversation about authenticity as well, is that as much as we would all like to think, we just know how to be authentic. We don't, it's also a skill, right? So you have to practice it. You have to do a thing. You have to say a thing, you have to wear a thing. And then you're like, yeah, no, that didn't feel right. And we have to give ourselves permission to fail in that arena in order to figure out what is authentic. What is our personal brand? Because all of us, and even for me, right? Like, and I try actively every day to dig out from under the pile of dirt that society and my family and my culture and all of these things have put on top of me to tell me that I'm a good wife or a bad wife or a Good Mom, or, ugh, there's so much nonsense that we get convinced we need to hide, um because that doesn't make us good. That doesn't make us productive. That doesn't make us like, I don't know, the right match. It doesn't make us the right whatever. And I hope if you've taken anything away from this part two of this episode is that when it comes to personal branding, there is no right and wrong. I have a unique way to be a wife. I have a unique way to be a coach. I have a unique way to be a mom. Can I learn from other people? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, no one else's way is my way. And I always think the number one personal brand win is when you can say, hey, that's cool that you're doing it that way. That doesn't sound right for me, but good job for you. But that's not right for me. And you can just own it and not have any of those mental calories associated with like that person's doing that thing. I'm doing this thing. It's different. And that's great. (laughs) There is, I say this when it comes to marketing a lot. If there was only one way to market a business or one way to market yourself, even if you're in the corporate work environment and you're trying to get a raise or whatever, if there was only one way to do that, we would all be doing it the same way. And we're not. So there's no way there's only one way to do that. The most successful people, the like Elon Musks, the Walt Disneys, the like these big, like the people who have come up with the things that are genius, right? They didn't do it someone else's way. Mm -mm. No, 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 no times did that happen, right? They did it their own way. And they convinced other people, they were so convinced that their way was the right way for them, they convinced other people that it was the right way for them. And again, to me, the whole point about personal branding is that my way isn't, is not the right way for me and that's it. It's the, it's the right way for no other people. It's the right way for me. And the point of personal branding is figuring out what is the right way for you. What is the right way to network? What is the right way to grow your network? your way what is your right way for you and that's it and it doesn't have to be right for anybody else except you
1: right right so yeah so a <laughs> couple of things which i want to mention at this point so like uh, so like uh, in india the place where i'm i'm at currently and i'm from south india and uh, we have this uh, habit like after after getting a job After graduating or like after getting a job, the first question is like, when are you guys married? Okay, so I started working at the age of 24, 21. So and now I'm 28. This December I'm going to turn 28. So it's been around, uh, yeah, seven years around. So (laughs) throughout the seven years, I'm hearing this like I'm not married, and uh, we are just hearing this. Okay, so like, uh, so what really happened is so there was a thought like. After studies. I had a thought like okay. I need to reach a goal. In my professional life. So that. Okay. When I am marrying. I am so and so this. That was my ambition. When I started. Okay. Like working. Okay. At that time. And I had so many concepts. Regarding my future wife. So. uh, In between there. I have been so many crushes. So many. stuffs Which is happening here and there. But yeah. Like I have been passing all of it nothing is working out but fine it's still going (laughs) and it's it's continuing and finally i reached where i am at this point at this junction and now first thing is that uh first thing which people ask is okay you have all this uh, professional life and like okay so this is your brand so basically you have a personal brand you have a professional brand in this context how do you select a wife okay like so select a partner basically are you going to select someone who is like you okay then i asked that person i'm not going to build a it company or a youtube channel so <laughs> i need a different different life basically so I, I i'm just i was just thinking like i i heard this question a lot are you going to find a person who is similar to you in your professional and personal uh, like the life which you are at so, uh, I, I'm just thinking why that person is asking me this question, because why should I recreate myself? And that's something it's not possible. Like, okay, how can I actually clone my perspective into someone else? And I actually can get that not particular possible. person into my life. Yeah, <laughs> correct. That's, that's technically not possible. Plus, even if that is there, I don't want that because I clearly yeah. said, I clearly said, no, like, see, I'm not going to build a company like because i'm i'm already working in a company and i have so and so things so why should i be bothered about what is happening outside with other people like because they have their life and this is what they are doing and they have their own personal space so it doesn't matter like okay if i am an engineer it necessarily don't have to or like if i'm a data scientist i so it's like okay i shouldn't be looking at a data scientist it's not like okay i build a model you build a model whose whose model is better I don't want to be <laughs> i'm not well, going to I mean, be
0: it's similar to building your network right are you just going Correct. to connect ever with data scientists probably Correct. not do you have things in common with data scientists yeah so you might have quite a few in your network i have tons of marketers in my network because we have similar backgrounds we can speak the same language right and like the, the same work language and so we make connections One of the things that I always say, now this isn't a relationship show, but it is relevant to personal branding. So I'm going to share it. The number one reason why I think that my relationship with my husband was so effective from the, like, we didn't meet until we were 30. So just so you know, Deepak, you got lots of time, (laughs) Um, was that from the first date we ever went on, neither of us pretended to be something we weren't. We were just like, this is me. And he was like, This is me. And I was like, I like that. And he was like, Yeah, I like your version of that. And does that mean that we agree on all things? No, it doesn't agree. We don't eat the same kind of pizza. We don't put the toilet paper facing the same way. Right. Like, there's things that we choose that are different. He has this like fancy work share, and I like really simple, sleek ones, right? Like these are things that different people will always have different preferences on. Um And so it's not about that, but it is about like, can I be myself in front of you? And can you accept the real me? Do you, do you agree to like deal with the fact that when I have a conversation with my mom, I'm going to be a stress case for the next two hours, (laughs) right? Because this is my experience with my mom. Is that everybody's experience with their mom? No. No. And that's fine, right? But can you deal with that? One of the th- well, like, one of the things that was important to me was like, can we travel well together? And so like before we had been dating for a year, we went on an international trip, and I was like, oh, this was so great because every time I was stressed out, he was calm, and every time he was stressed out, I was calm. So it's not that one of us is calm and one of us is stressed out, but like different things stress us out. So then the other person can like maintain the balance, right? And you're like, oh, okay. This can work, right? And it doesn't mean that you have to, like when we met, neither of us had experienced grief. And now, since both of us have experienced grief and we didn't know how we experienced grief, now you experience grief as a group versus individually, right? Like all these things you learn about your personal brand as you go. But it's really about, and I would say networking and finding clients and finding the right company or job to work for is the same. Can you show up as your youest version of you? I don't even like to say the best version of you because people think that's something different than who you are. Your youest version of you and find the people who love the youest version of you <laughs> and then pick a wife from that group of people. <laughs> that's what I would say. <laughs> also, I would. As a society, it's similar in Canada, right? Like I have one son. Constantly people ask me when I'm going to have another kid and I'm not. I'm intentionally not. I like having one. We're the three musketeers and it's fun and I love it and it feels like our family is complete. And I'm tired answering that question. Just it's none of your business. Leave me alone. (laughs) So it's a good opportunity for us to think about what kind of questions are we asking other people without building that rapport without building that trust, right? Like, sure, if my really close friends wanted to ask me that, because they know my journey, then that's fine. And I can cry with them. And I can laugh with them. But like, this is your stranger. No, you don't get access to this, this conversation (laughs) boundaries.
1: Right, right. Correct. Correct. So, uh, so regarding some of the technical aspects regarding this uh, networking. So like, uh, what are what are some of the current scientific research studies happening in this area? And what are they mainly concentrating on?
0: For like networking in particular?
1: Correct, correct,
0: correct. Oh, um, you know, <laughs> this is kind of how I feel about personality assessments. I feel like studies are good. But studies always have, um, hmm, we're talking about boundaries. They always have boundaries, right? And so in order to do any kind of good research study, there is a very narrow, very specific hypothesis. And that's very good in scientific query. And when it comes to the human experience, it's almost always one-dimensional, And the human experience is not one-dimensional. So networking, like we've talked about, is so heavily influenced by your experience. Quite honestly, I haven't read anything that I would be like, yeah, this is something that everybody should be aware of. I think it is, I just want everybody to be themselves and figure out their way and that's fine. Let the researchers research. And if you want to read things, you can read things. Um, but specifically in the arena of networking, I guess, it, I'll be honest with you, I don't think there's anything worth me recommending <laughs> to, to the community at large here um, that I think is helpful.
1: Right, right. So, uh, yeah, so there is something, like, I, I've seen it in multiple places, actually, like, Uh, There are some uh, techniques which people used to tell, like, okay, we can measure or track the uh, personal branding success, basically. Like, Mm -hmm. not just personal branding or like professional branding also. So, like, what are some of the tracking metrics which you can actually propose to the folks?
0: So, here's the most important thing that anybody needs to know about tracking metrics is, remember that thing how I said about why you're doing a thing? (laughs) You also need to know why you're tracking a thing. So there's lots of metrics that we can measure when it comes to personal branding. And there's lots of even more metrics we can track when it comes to networking, right? And volume, we talked about that before, right? In the number of like connection requests you're sending, volume is good. It's important to know, right? So like if your network's growing really slow and it's because you're not sending out any connection requests, then that makes sense if you're sending out a ton of connection requests and your network is still going really slow then there's something for you to explore there now when, so on networking there's a little more tangible pieces that we can do the why is still important but also from the personal branding perspective people don't like that i give this answer but i'm going to give it because not enough people give it and not enough people think about it is that when we think about metrics we are using our brains When it comes to personal brand we are using our feelings so my definition of personal brand which i think i talked about in part one but i'll refresh for the people who are coming back for part two is the experience that other people have of you that's a feeling right and so the number of connection requests you have the number of calls that you have the number of when it comes to numbers it's mostly not meaningful from a personal branding perspective. The metric that I have found to be most successful in the personal branding arena is knowing what experience you want to create for people, people also including yourself, um, and measuring what percentage of the time do you feel like you're executing on that. So for me, I have a personal KPI of uh, like how authentic, about authenticity so how two two things that i do how authentic as a percentage of my day what percentage of my day do I feel like I showed up authentically and two in the space that I create for other people do I think other people got this opportunity to be authentic and so the second one is a yes no right if I create a networking event do i think i don't know a networking event has Usually my virtual events have about 20 people at them. I give myself a yes if I think one other person got the opportunity to show up authentically, right? Because my job, as far as I see it from a personal branding perspective, is to give people space to feel authentic. Not to give all people space all the time <laughs> to feel authentic because again, not possible. I can't even get like my, how, what percentage of the day do I feel authentic? I, I don't have a target of 100%. I don't believe in hundred percent authenticity. I don't think anybody knows enough about themselves to be hundred percent authentic all the time. And so what I do is I just, I track it. I get to the end of my day and I'm like, hmm. and I estimate, obviously, it's not like I'm tracking every minute and how authentic I feel in a minute, but like at the end of my day, do I feel like the majority of the day today? I was, I showed up authentically. Yes. I'll give you an example on my son's fourth birthday the day of his fourth birthday, my answer was no. And I got to the end of the day and I was like, I filled my day with cooking, cleaning, decorating cakes, right? I didn't have a single memorable moment with my son from his fourth birthday. Now, he probably won't remember his fourth birthday, but I will remember his fourth birthday. And I will remember I did not have that. I didn't meet my target that day. And so there are things I do differently now, because I didn't make that target. Now, authenticity is what's relevant to my personal brand. Everybody else has something different, like most relevant to your personal brand. So if you can look at it from a perspective of what percentage of my time am I spending in this ideal feeling, this ideal experience that I'm creating with my brand, and how often am I giving other people access to that because your personal brand isn't just what you think about yourself, it's what other people think about you, um, then you're executing on your personal brand. That's, that's my answer.
1: Great, great. So uh, over to my last question actually. So would you mind sharing your experience, meeting new people, interacting with them? like How it actually influenced the way you perceive the world actually?
0: Oh my gosh, I love this question. Because I believe that every single time we have the opportunity to interact with another human, we have the opportunity to be transformed. And so every single person, as I mentioned, I both, my perspective, right? We're here to hear my perspective today. Um, My perspective is that everybody is unique, right? And as such, Every single other person on the planet, regardless of gender, race, age, background, culture, religion, fill in the gap of things that I'm missing. No matter how you are different than me, I have something I can learn from you. And through learning something new about another person, I give myself the opportunity to learn something about me. So like Deepak, one of the things I can see behind you that keeps... Catching my eye is the poster that says be a voice, not an echo. This is something I believe in. I believe in people having their own voice and not just echoing other people's things because no one person is meant to be an echo. We all have our unique voice. So when we pretend to be an echo, we're not using our unique voice, right? This is what I believe. And that's something that comes up in in conversation by, com- by participating with another person and I get to learn how passionate am I about that I get to try that on right like harder better faster stronger do I believe that like yeah what is better? I actually hate the word better right because I like better what like what better how (laughs) right better in what direction in a specific direction I think it's too vague right like these are things that allow you to experience yourself in a different way because I always have my perspective, right? My perspective controls my life. But when I get into a conversation with another person, I get the opportunity to hear a new perspective. And it's like, if you were going to a pie shop and you ordered apple pie all the time because they don't have a menu, right? They're like, you can't see what kind of pie they have. So you just like walk up to the pie shop and you're like, you got apple pie? And they're like, yes. And you're like, so every time you go there, you get apple pie because you know they have apple pie but what if one time you go there and you're like i'll have the apple pie please and they're like actually we got this really amazing cherry pie and all of a sudden you're like oh my gosh you have different kinds of pies <laughs> then you broaden your horizon and i am a big fan of pie <laughs> this is why we're using this example but like now i can have apple pie and cherry pie and banana cream pie and pecan pie and like lots of different kinds of pies and I think a lot of times when we get into conversations with people, there's a lot of historical experience in, again, the whole right and wrong, right? Like if I show up and be like, I believe in apple pie, and you're like, I believe in cherry pie, and we'll be like, well, you're wrong because apple pie is better. Like, this is not a thing. (laughs) Like, apple pie is good. Like, I like apple pie. You might not like apple pie, and that doesn't mean I like apple pie any less. Um, It just means that now I have, an ability to try on like, wow, do I really like apple pie the best? Actually, I kind of like my grandma's apple pie the best, but not apple pie in general, right? And you start to give yourself these new versions of what you knew before that you can try on. And the danger is that we do, we get pulled into that, Ooh, like now you're saying that, and that's making me feel like what I believe is wrong. And this will happen, right? Because again, our world is all about right and wrong, even though it's mostly not a thing. Um, but there's a beautiful power there to be able to explore like, why do I feel like I need to be right about this? Right? Like, why do I feel like it's bad if I believe in one type of God and this person believes in a different type of God? <laughs> right? Like, does that make me wrong? Does that make me bad? Like, like no. Um, And a lot of times we just have these immediate emotional responses to being like, ooh, we are not feeling the same way. But one of the most empowering phrases, and this is great for networking as well, that I learned in the Dale Carnegie program was, tell me more. And so when you're feeling that, like, oh, I'm in a conversation and someone says something that's made, like, me feel really uncomfortable, and not in a way that, like, they're being creepy or stalkery or anything like that again your boundaries you decide um but if you're like oh this person is like really challenging my belief about global warming right like oh that's really interesting i've never heard that perspective before tell me more right and then this is the it's like we're trying to just like get them to tell us things, but it's not about them now telling us what is right and what is wrong. It's about them explaining so that we can figure out, what do I believe? Do I believe that? Maybe I never had access to that knowledge before, and maybe there's something to that that is making sense to me. And we also have a lot of, (laughs) it comes down to this. Even in schooling and everything, we are taught that if you get the answer wrong, that's bad right? So our general response as humans is that we don't want to get it wrong, because being wrong is bad. But most of these things are not wrong. They might be wrong for you, right? Like, if you're like, I don't know, that whole concept of like, uh, (laughs) I don't know, now I'm thinking of silly examples, like sea monsters, right? Like, do sea monsters exist? I believe so. Oh, oh, I'll use this example because this is a really funny example of my family. So I, I, my husband and I went on a trip with my in-laws to Ireland and we stayed in this castle that was supposed to be haunted. And I believe in ghosts. (laughs) And I was very excited to try and see the ghost, right? Like I went into all like the spaces where the ghost was supposed to be found and I was trying to find the ghost. And I have a theory because i believe ghosts are real that they don't like to be seen by people who want to see them (laughs) so like i'm having this experience with ghosts my father-in-law was like terrified to see the ghost and he like couldn't sleep all night he was just like afraid afraid and my mother-in-law was like there's no such thing as ghosts (laughs) and so like all three of us are having this completely different experience about ghosts and I don't know, can anybody, maybe, maybe there's actual science, but like, can we prove that one of us is wrong? like someone's experience is bad? Not really, right? Like, and does it matter? Right? Like, I think it's fun. I think it's fun to try and fight a ghost, right? Like, it's an activity. (laughs) So like, these are things, right? And you can, you could have someone stand right in front of you. And my mother-in-law has done it multiple times. There is no such thing as ghosts. (laughs) And I'm like, that's what you choose to believe. <laughs> um, and both of us can have dinner together and we can go shopping together and we can disagree about whether or not ghosts exist, right? And, and <laughs> it gives you that opportunity like I was talking about before. I'm gonna wrap up because I know that we're way over. But like, it gives you that opportunity to say like, this is what I believe. And I am totally cool with you believing that but this is what I believe. And, and and having someone challenge that is actually what helps you to understand that, yeah, this is what I believe. These are the things I will stand for when someone else doesn't believe in it. One of the things that I've experienced recently is that my I have a concept of belonging. Again, this is relevant to networking in that belonging is a two-way street. <laughs> I cannot create belonging for people people will interact with me and in our interactions, we will, or we will not create belonging. I don't believe that there's one place where all people feel like they belong. I think pretending that there is, is folly and trying to make someone else who's not you responsible for that is also folly. I believe these things to be true. There are people who believe those things not to be true, (laughs) right? I have gotten in social media conflicts about these things. Um, and i know where i stand and yeah this is a fun fact not quite related to like blocking or deleting a person but i actually got into a very heated conversation on one of my posts about belonging and i deleted the post <laughs> because i was like this isn't where i meant for this to go this isn't the conversation i want to be in it wasn't the conversation i planned to be in now i have a whole bunch of people this is like my worst nightmare is like this side is believing this and this side is believing this and we're just like fighting with each other and i'm like this it was supposed to be about belonging so i deleted it and i had somebody who messaged me and was like that was really hurtful because i had like a whole bunch of comments on there and i'm like i'm sorry but my one it's my post so i have the power to do that and two this is my mental health right this is my personal brand and if that's not what i believe in and so i'm gonna delete it right and i don't feel bad about it and i've used it as an example lots of times so Now we're on a different topic, but coming back to like having those conversations with people to really like try on who am I and takes practice because to begin with, it will feel like people are like attacking who you are and like questioning your integrity, but you kind of have to go through that to get to the point where you're like, oh yeah, well you were questioning my integrity on that and that's something like I actually don't believe or it's something that I'm like very indifferent about, so meh um but when it comes to those things where people are like they actually get right at you and you're like no there's no way like i would never do that that's not what i would say this is not where i want to be this is not the conversation i want to have like that's where we learn our boundaries and that's where we learn our personal brand (laughs) and again if your personal brand this again my definition but i think it is a good definition personal brand is the experience you leave other people with doesn't exist with just you it has to involve other people and continuing to try on other people's perspectives is what helps you understand what yours are
1: right right so to close out this particular podcast i have one more final question actually so what it feels like switching your switching the role right now let's for example like you were hosting a lot of events and you are the one who is listening to everyone and right now you are the one who is speaking actually so what it feels like that and and to be honest like from my side i learned a lot from you and i could see the passion behind all these things from you and like i feel motivated to speak even that is another story because i never spoke like this in any of my podcasts so this is the first time i'm speaking this much in, in any podcast because i try and refraining just by asking the questions and i try to listen what the speaker is trying to say but this podcast it, only in this podcast actually i spoke this much So, and we have the part two, and we did the part two session also. And this is the first time I have a part two session. (laughs) So, it's pretty... I talk uh, a lot.
0: What can I say? (laughs) You picked a topic I'm very passionate about.
1: True. So, what it it feels like, like switching that particular role from a host to the speaker mode uh, in this conversation?
0: Well, I believe that any good conversation includes speaking... And listening. And so in the grand scheme of things, it is important to do both things that you can speak more intelligently, because you listen, that you can listen more intelligently, because you speak. Um, and as I mentioned, when I was talking about public speaking, right, when you find like one of the one of the things that I love, and this is what I this is a strategy I use on social media as well, is I like giving people a new way to think about a thing right and not just the way we learn things in textbooks it's about experiencing something for yourself when you hear it and you're like wow that really makes sense but if we don't take the opportunity then to like step back and listen so someone can explore the thoughts for themselves and Deepak you did such a great example of that in both part one and part two in like hearing a thing and then exploring it from your own perspective and seeing how that matches or doesn't match this is this is where the gold is right so for me it's really interesting i had this so I used to run this mastermind for content creation um and there was a lady who had been off social media for a while and she kept saying like. I need to come back and like say something really profound, really profound. And I would like to think that some of you, a handful of you, at least Deepak, (laughs) had like some kind of profound moment because you were listening to me share. I'm not trying to be profound. I am just trying to talk about something that I'm passionate about. The reason why I know so much about it is because I'm passionate about it. I'm curious. I want to learn more. I want to listen to other people's perspectives. I want to learn. I don't want to learn one specific way, which is why I frown upon the assessments and the research, right? Um, I'm about exploring. And I, I, I actually had some posts on LinkedIn this past week about being a conversational processor. And so for me, I learn things about myself. I get new ideas, I get new perspectives from talking. Not everybody is like that, but that is something that is very powerful for me. And what you have given me in these two time slots, which is such an amazing gift for me, is the opportunity to explore my thoughts. Um, Because these were not all just like really simple questions, right? And sometimes I didn't have what seemed like a straightforward answer because of my experience. And that allows me to shape my experience and my personal brand. And I'm, I'm a big believer in using verbal processing, especially when you're practicing using your voice, because again, so many people will tell you that there's a right way to sound a right way thing to say, right. Or right way to, Tell all people what it is you do. And we're not going to talk about I help statements because we'll be here for another hour. But that's someone else's words. And when someone gives you a platform to practice using your words, this, I would encourage this for all people, right? You've never been on a podcast before, and you're looking to explore your thoughts in an area that you're an expert in that you know, a lot of things do it man, it's a new way to explore your thoughts. It's a new way to explore what you think and what you believe. And to get to the parts where you're like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent about that. And you get to the parts where you're like, oh, I'm so passionate about this. I can't leave without saying it. (laughs) Right? Um, This has happened to me on panels before. And then I, uh, just like we're today, I go long, right? Because I have like, I have a lot to say. But I don't have complex words. I don't have scientific studies. I have my own personal experience. I have my own learnings. And when it comes to personal branding, that's the thing that matters because it's your personal brand. It's not my personal brand. It's your personal brand. And when you get to share uh, and people listen, just is a really wonderful gift so i want to thank you deepak for giving me two wonderful gifts and an extra 20 minutes on the end of the second one (laughs) so that we can get through all of the questions but i'm just i'm thankful i'm thankful for the opportunity to speak i'm thankful for the opportunity to listen and i'm thankful for all of the information i get from both sides